And a very good Friday, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this September 25th, three months from Christmas Day. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy to be here. It is only three months till Christmas. Amazing. And we'll all be glad to see this year disappear, won't we? I think we're all ready for 2021 as long as it's going to be different than it is now. Mm-mm. And better. Yeah, well. We're hoping and praying. Yes. It can't get much worse. Well, I guess it can. But, uh, yeah, please don't say that. <laughs> it could get. could be one of those uh, three-month. Well, anyway, we're here now, so let's just be happy we're with the day. We're here now. Let's enjoy it. That's right. I mean, we'll be happy with the day, and a uh, beautiful day it is outside. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Jim's going to be here later on with the weather to tell us all about that. Um, later this hour, in just a little bit, actually, Anna, uh, Anna Maria. Anna Maria Cardinale. Mm-hmm. Anna Maria Cardinale, yeah, see. <laughs> uh, has written a book that you've been reading, actually. You told me it was wonderful. Oh, Music wonderful. and Meaning in the Mass. Excellent, excellent. I can't wait. I'm sorry we only have, what, usually 15 or 20 minutes? We mm-hmm. could do a whole hour with Anna Maria. Okay, well, she'll be here to talk uh, that with us. Um, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune a little later on. In the next hour, uh, our good friend Father Jim Grogan will be here to give the reflection for this Sunday's Gospel, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And then also, uh, later on, we're going to be joined by Dr. Paul Thigpen, and he's going to talk about his book, Saints Who Saw Hell. And it's appropriate for this year. <laughs> I think so, you know. like A lot of saints are living in the hell right now. Uh, I guess it depends on who your governor is. Well, well, we won't go there either. Oh, no politics. Can't no, nope, nope, nope. We're nope. here to bring you joy. And we're here to pray. So let's uh, do that first. We have our prayer for the United States of America. And I'm chuckling. I don't mean to be chuckling, but I got a request today. Someone asked if they could, we, I could send them a Word document of the prayer. Oh, I think I saw that email. To put right? that <laughs> put it in, in their parish bulletin. But apparently they can't put it in. The, they have to eliminate the part that says, Pray for the president. What the? I mean. Well, I think they're trying to be very, very politically correct in that the, you know, the difference between church and state, the separation of, and they can't put anything in the bulletin that might even bear any resemblance to politics. But I I think you're overthinking. But the line says, have mercy on our president. Mm. They want to eliminate that line. And all the officers of our government and all of us on the planet. I mean, you can't. Just because it says the word president doesn't mean we're talking about politics. But anyway. the, the world is crazy. But is you nuts. know what? Mm. This is the prayer. I think you can't start fooling around with what, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's pray the prayer. Holy word. Actually, I was just reading um, an article. Someone was saying how this right now we're finding it. I mean, there's this, obviously there's a spiritual battle going on. So we have to keep praying, 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 especially to our Blessed Mother to fight uh, you know, the devil flees just at the sound of her name. So mm-hmm. anyway, let's pray this prayer for our country and our other prayers in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. 
Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. And we'll pray the prayers that Holy Father asks us to pray to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. We've also added the intention to protect the country, our country, the United States of America, from the attacks of the devil. So we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. And in just a few minutes, St. Cecilia, pray for us. As we speak with Anna Maria on music and meaning, it's meaning in the Mass. And what a big difference we know the music can make, and what kind of music. And what difference it is making now. There's a lot of... A lot of uh, yeah, we're using a very skeletal outlines for mm-hmm. where music is being inserted into the mass M- much simpler um, not a lot of congregational singing as as simple as possible in terms of your mass parts just short and sweet mm-hmm. yeah. but it's only for a, a time yeah now i heard today that uh, new york is going to keep their outside dining areas open all year even during the snow? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. And Connecticut is increasing their indoor dining to 75% capacity. Okay. But they're right next door to each other, Connecticut and New York. Wow. But anyway, so 75% Connecticut. And Florida has lifted all restrictions. Yes. All right. So we're, so who, you know? we're emerging out of the dark hole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And then even here, I guess, in New Jersey, have things lightened up a bit? or people can eat inside again? Sure. You know? In Pennsylvania for quite a while. Yeah. So. Got to wear your mask, though. I was talking to my, my dentist today. I had a little appointment this morning, and uh, the uh, dentist's daughter-in-law, like we, our daughter-in-law, our daughter-in-laws do October on October 5th, 5th. and his daughter-in-laws do October 6th. Oh. They both live here in New Jersey, but they both, both women have been told by the doctor that during labor they have to wear the masks. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. You know, how do you do those, those uh, the do deep still, breathing do, still do the Lamaze sure, stuff? Yeah. Sure. And who knows, maybe there's an, even another method, but it's all about breathing. breathing and, yeah. You, know. you have that mask on. <laughs> it's a little stifling. Yeah. <laughs> no, and they're going through enough without having to put them I up. I know, with a that. muzzle on. You know, you'd think the hospital, first of all, it's a, it's a, Sanitary. The whole room must be, you know, completely sanitized. Sure. The husband is there with with them. That's it. 
you know, and nobody else. Right. Until the baby starts to really come out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know. I just Are they going to put a mask on the baby? Right? No, they're, it's under two. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they do. You know what they do? They do that little suction thing, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the fluids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They used to just turn them upside down and smack them on the bum. Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Oh, that's, that's probably how we came into the world. Mm-hmm. They didn't have those suction things. They just hold no. us upside down and Gotta whack us. Shake it all out. <laughs> Make us cry. <laughs> oh. We're tough. That's why we're. That's why our generation is so tough. That's right. We're fearless. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just hold us upside down and whack us on the behind, and we're fine. Welcome to the world. <laughs> <laughs> still doing it. The world is still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> this year, anyway. Oh, uh, but anyway, yeah, we're gonna have Anna, Anna Maria Cardinale gonna join us, and then uh, Jim's gonna be here with the weather a little later on, and we're gonna play "Name That Catholic Tune," which is becoming very popular. People love "Name That Catholic Tune." Today we have a very traditional, so you're gonna have to uh, get rid of the piano and bring in the organ. Oh, okay. Well, we'll wheel in the mighty Wurlitzer for this one, mm-hmm. and then uh, again next hour, our good friend Father Jim Grogan will give the reflection for uh, this Sunday's Gospel, and then Dr. Paul Thigpen will join us to talk about his book. Saints who saw hell. I love Dr. Thigpen. He's really on. He's really on target with his. You know, he's very much aware of the the, the, the spiritual realm. Realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Bruce uh, Debaco knew of him because Dr. Thigpen used to be Protestant. Mm-hmm. Bruce knew of him even before they was before Catholic, he became Catholic. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so we'll take a quick break, and then when we return, my friends, uh, we'll be joined by Anna Maria. So uh, do stay with us and don't go anywhere. There's a lot more to come. On Friday Lives.
Well, welcome back, friends, and uh, happy to have you here on this lovely September 25th. And it's a great, great uh, joy to have you joining us on this day. And we are having um, a very special guest who I'm very excited to talk to about her new book, Music and Meaning in the Mass. We're going to welcome Anna Maria Cardinale. Welcome, Anna Maria. Hi, Jim. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. How are you? How are you? Good. Good. We're happy to have you here. And uh, and, and just briefly, um, I was just going to mention to the... Whoops. Sorry. I'm struggling with my headset. And don't strangle yourself there. <laughs> well, okay, let well, me just let say, me first Cheryl, introduce I'm Anna Maria. I'm really excited to meet um, you because I know that you're so. the organist and the director at a, at a major parish, and you are just the kind of person who is my hero, and you'll see why in the in the in the book. <laughs> All right. Well, we're looking forward. Like I said, I'll probably just kind of have to sit back and listen to the two of you chat because uh, <laughs> that's right. You can go out for coffee unless, too. You, unless you're talking to Sinatra. I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> anyway. I'll, I'll <laughs> I'll turn it over to Cheryl here. <laughs> well, I was just going to mention to the um, to our listeners uh, just a very brief introduction for you that after you graduated from high school um, at age fourteen, so that's a topic for another oh, show. <laughs> but then you <laughs> embarked on this wonderful path as a classical musician, making your Kennedy Center debut as a solo recitalist. And uh, eventually completed, or maybe by the following year, you must have completed your PhD in theology. <laughs> but um, as a classical guitarist, right? And uh, also an oper- operatic contralto. So with these types of um, what would strike me first as like the secular world of music, you know, the recitaling, the Kennedy Center, opera, um, yes. Where where did class? I mean, where did sacred music and liturgical music start bleeding into the picture? You know, I've always had them always kind of united, just like uh, in church history. You know, uh, we're really kind of responsible. The Catholic Church is really responsible for the development of Western music. So, a lot of the classical music I always loved uh, was. Liturgical, and I, of course, grew up doing liturgical music. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, it's only come to my attention more recently how critical, absolutely, absolutely critical to uh, our country and our world and the fate of our world, liturgical music is. So while I always did both, now I see the well, and I do take some lessons from secular classical music into my understanding of liturgical music. Mm-hmm. I see now things in a totally different light because we're in the midst of, I mean, no secret to you or anyone listening, but we're in the midst of utter crisis in our world and in our church. And it's because, you know, Christ isn't central anymore, and we've forgotten him in the Eucharist. And music has this amazing power within the Mass to either draw hearts to Christ in the Eucharist or to help us forget his presence there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, part, that's a major part of what's happened to us in recent times. It's certainly a contributor. Well, the book is called Music and Meaning in the Mass, and we're talking with the author, Anna Maria Cardinale. Uh, it's published by mm-hmm. Sophia Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. Um, and what what was the inspiration behind the book? Is that just what you're speaking about, Anna Marie? That just there's a need for this now, a need to, to unaware, bring about an awareness. Well, I think the inspiration was uh, when that statistic came out about a year ago 
uh, saying that only one-third of Americans, it was the Pew Research Center, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Only about one-third of Americans who call themselves Catholic believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. And I know that this sounds like like kind of a stretch, but the, the book will explain why it's true that music may have played an important part in um, making it easier for us to forget who's present there. Because lately, and I don't advocate for any particular style of music in the liturgy, however, lately, there, more often than not, there has been music that has a musical meaning that does not accord with the meaning of the sacred text. So what happens in the ears of the listener is they hear something. It's sort of like um, shaking your head no while you're saying yes. They're hearing words, but the music that they're hearing underneath those words contradicts it. Mm -hmm. So until we can fix that, until we can have the music accord with the meaning of the sacred text, one, people aren't going to be able to pray and participate in it in the way that they're called to. Uh, oh, my gosh, the people's participation in the Mass is everything. And two, um, people aren't going to—it's going to be harder for people to believe in Jesus' heart present there. And that, that breaks his heart, and we want to console it. So that desire to console his heart really was the inspiration for this book. And we're going to break that down uh, a little bit and talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the principles and points that you address in the book. But here's a, a, I think, a quick, simple example for someone when they're saying, I'm not not exactly sure what you mean. A friend of mine had uh, sent her um, students, they were part of a, a parish youth group, and they went to a particular university that has these summer weeks, you know, for different focus groups. And one week was, and I guess I don't, oh, yeah, that's really, fun. Yeah. I don't really have to say where or who it is, but they're well known for a lot of their praise and worship. You know, they the gentleman there writes a lot of his own material, and that's what they use. Yet it's a very, very devout university. I mean, there's confessions almost 18 hours a day, and, you know, they're doing wonderful work. But then the mom turned out going— at the la- got, went on the trip as um, a chaperone at the last minute. And she said if she mm-hmm. really didn't tune in and focus on the lyrics, she goes, it was the kids got all excited and they were clapping and jumping and dancing. She goes, if she just closed her ears to that it was scriptural text, she goes, you would have thought you were at any other rock concert or mosh pit or whatever you want to call it, the way they were carrying on. And in a way, she was mortified. She goes, you know, the kids were carrying on in not a very solemn, reverent way. I mean, there's one thing to be joyous in Christ, but it just didn't mix. The text did not mix and match the music, really. So if we were to go way, way back to our early, early years, and I was an elementary school teacher, and I would say, mm-hmm. okay, these are the ingredients you need to make a cake or make cookies. What are the ingredients you need to make the music? And the children would raise their hand, oh, you need a melody. Oh, you need some rhythm. And that's literally what you address as you start your book. So let's talk about that for a moment. Well, I think you gave just a really, really brilliant example, because um, what you've said there, basically, is that uh, your friend had the experience that the lyrics, the word, the text that was being said, didn't 
here didn't carry the same message as the music. Mm -hmm. So really what your friend is saying is that music itself has a language. Music itself communicates meaning independent of text. Absolutely. And then that's your perfect next question. So how does music do it? Do, do it. What are those three, three, well, well I, I, people break it down in different ways. Mm. I see three ingredients as essential and then several very necessary. But the three essential ones, and see if you agree with me here, are, as you said, rhythm, harmony, and melody. Okay. Are you with, do, do, you, do, you, do you agree with those three? I do, yeah. If you're going to, you know, break it down to the absolute three principles yes yeah and then I, and then i want to talk about tonal color and timbre too because that's where your work as an organist mm-hmm. really can change the world mm-hmm. with that with that uber necessary fourth element that encourages participation but, right so those three those three essential components of musical meaning i was affect us in profound ways, right? We know that music influences us physically and emotionally and intellectually. We just don't always know how to put our finger on why. Mm -hmm. But the rhythm of music, if we think about it, that's what influences us most physically, right? I mean, if you hear a waltz, you feel like swaying, and if you hear a march, you want to stomp around, right? Mm -hmm. It it makes our bodies move, rhythm does, right? Right. And, uh, and, and, And harmony... Now that is, it's so, it's hard to talk about and easy to demonstrate, and neither one of us have an instrument at the moment. But harmony affects things most profoundly emotionally. So, I mean, if you take the same melody and the same rhythm, but you harmonize it differently, the emotional meaning is affected. And that's sometimes jokingly we can play, you know, um, a funeral dirge and make it sound cheerful or a horror movie thing and make it sound, you know, uh, uplifting or a children's song and make it sound tragic. It's possible to do all those things right. by changing the harmony. So harmony is what affects our emotional response to music. Right. And I'm making, I'm oversimplifying this. I know, Cheryl, you're far more sophisticated than me in most of these things. But the third component, melody, that is where our, our, our intellect is engaged, because our, our brains love to predict and find pattern in things. Mm-hmm. And so um, melody affects us intellectually to the point where they say, someone did a study that was a popular book a while back called The Mozart Effect, um, where for adults, exposure to listening to um, complex melody like classical music actually improves the performance in tasks tasks of math or reasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd think I'd be better at that, but I'm not. Um, so those, <laughs> well, because it's, those three components, yeah, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, because it's orderly. You know, if you even compare, and we, we have a program on once a week where I do talk about music and try to pick it apart. Not that anyone's going to get a quiz or a test, but to make sense of some of these things. And in the earlier music, you know, there, there was very much... Um, regulation and they followed certain rules and methods and formats and and then you know there would be order in the court if you will but then in later years it was a free-for-all and you got into romantic era and even then more modern music where the harmony was all over the place and the melodies were not you know four measures of equal beats and it was almost discordant it was it could almost be disturbing to you um and that's why, like, I love Baroque music, and maybe that's why I keep my house neat. You know, it all ties in with the brain. 
<laughs> it really, really does. I mean, it, what you're pointing to is so influential. We don't realize, because it's just there, we don't realize how music affects us. You know, you've, you've brought up something that's fascinating me, too. So those three things are our are, are, are intellects, our emotions, and our bodies and how we use them. If we sort of try to live in accord with Catholic teaching or if we're just kind of full of common sense, we want to order our lives in a certain way. We want our thinking to kind of be in charge of our emotions, and we want our thinking and our emotions to be in charge of what we do physically with our body. That's mm-hmm. just a, that's a balanced way to live. Mm-hmm. And when music has that ordering, when melody predominates over harmony and melody and harmony predominate over rhythm, music can help us remain in that balance. Yes. But it's very interesting because if you go and do just what you were talking about, and we'll take it to an extreme, if you actually invert that order, if you make rhythm the most predominant feature and you deprioritize melody, think about a lot of our modern pop music that does that. Right. And you and you stick with that emotionally tense harmony, but this time it's supporting aggressive rhythm. Mm. Think what that does to the mind of the listener. And they may not even be aware they're under that particular set of influence. But that's what we hear in, like, very modern um, rap styles. You know, the violence and the anger in it, it isn't just contained in the lyrics. It's actually contained in the more viscerally affecting components of the music. Isn't that Mm -hmm. interesting? It's true. And, you know, it could be driving rhythms. It could be, um, it it almost, the music itself is angry just by the way it's composed before you even put the lyrics on there. Well, exactly. So here we have something that could, I mean, I'm not talking necessarily about angry music, but once you see that difference, imagine how disconcerting, how inappropriate, how how damaging, honestly, it would be to take something like that, something that's disordered, mm-hmm. and apply it to the sacred text of the Mass. Yeah. Then you get something that where the two meanings actually genuinely contradict each other. One says yes and one says no. One says reverence, one says irreverence. Mm-hmm. And and the mind the mind can't hold two statements Two contradictory statements, that's true. We just can't do that. Mm. So then, which do you listen to in the liturgy? Do you listen to the truth of the sacred texts? Or do you listen to the the more affecting sound that's telling you, you know, that's winking an eye at you? Mm. Yeah, but not really. Mm. Holy, 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 but not not really. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then you're tapping your foot, and then you're thinking about something else. And the other part of it is, you know, there's loads and loads of what we could call religious music or sacred music, but it's not always um, appropriate for the liturgy. I mean, I might drive in my car and listen to like Christian pop, but I wouldn't want to sing that while I'm adoring the Lord during during Holy Mass, right? Exactly. And, I, and, and, and there's a place for all of that. I mean, there really, really is. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the, the, the responses of the faithful in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, are not, they are a very, very, very specific moment of participation in a miracle that's taking place. Right. And I think we've lost, I think, I think we've lost track of that. And I think that music that has lied to us has helped us lose track of that. But that's not bad news. What it means is that if music is powerful in that way, 
it's in the hands of, of musicians like you. And I think you already do this, but there may be people out there who are in their choir or, or who just sing from the pew themselves. They can be empowered by understanding these simple truths about music mm-hmm. to draw hearts to Jesus in the Eucharist in, and participate in the Mass and help others participate in the Mass in a way they, they, they never even saw possible before. That's what this book tries to help, uh, tries to help its reader do. Well, the book, the book is called Music and Meaning in the Mass. Uh, Anna Maria Cardinale is the author, and she's been with us. So this sounds like we just scratched the surface. We unfortunately, did. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're only, just about out of time here. So Carol and I need to go have coffee. Well, I just going to say that. We could talk about this all night, right? Yeah, a seven-course <laughs> meal. Well, here's my thought, Anna yeah. Maria. I would love to have you back. You know, we can do this by phone again, and um, we'll do a, a more deeper study and actually play play some musical example so can, people can hear. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, I think we should ponder over that because we didn't even scratch the surface of which instrumentation, instrumentation which I know you and I could go back as a, you're a guitarist, I'm an organist, we could have a very good I discussion. play the banjo? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. No oh, banjo. Oh, you guys are fun. I, <laughs> I wanted to work with you. <laughs> oh, well, there's a long story behind our, yeah. our, our So can we have another chat sometime? I'll pass. I'll pass. Absolutely. I'll pass your email on to Cheryl. You ladies can arrange that. Unfortunately, though, we have to cut away now. Okay. But Anna Maria, again, the book is called "Music and Meaning in the Mass," published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. Anna Maria Cardinale has been our guest, uh, talking about this great book. And as you heard, uh, she and Cheryl will arrange. A special. We can do a special. Yes, we'll do a whole we'll do a special. special. Because it goes beyond, it's not just for the directors, not just for the musicians, even the pastors. It's for the people in the pew. Why do I feel this way? Why do I hear that one song that I heard at a funeral and it brings me, my heart, to such a full uh, bed of emotion? So uh, we're going to talk again, okay? I can't wait to visit All with you, right. Cheryl. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, oh, thank you. Thank we you. appreciate you being with us today, Anna Maria, and we'll talk to you again real soon. God bless you. God bless. Thank you. You too. Thank Bye. you. All right, Bye. friends, and you stay where you are. There's more to come. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day So we could play and pray together So now let's see what's headed our way As Jim gives us the weather Alrighty, and you know, I think that was an appropriate song Our God Reigns for the weather <laughs> Depends on how you spell it, I guess <laughs> Yeah Well, you know, I don't know but Our God Reigns So like it leads into the weather With the weather segment so what? <laughs> You might have a well, new he... jingle there, Jim <laughs> Yeah, no, he, he rains grace down on the earth. There, there you, you go, there you go, there you go. How you been? Very good. How about you? We've been great. Hey, listen, we were we, we had a fire pit going last Saturday night. It was out in the backyard. We had to wear jackets and everything, so that was a beautiful, kind of a one of the one of the best weeks I think we've had weather wise. Oh, so it was far. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was nice. Yeah. Beautiful. And um, it got a little warmer as the week went on. Um, yeah. Gosh, gosh, it got down to about 40 degrees. I think it might have been Monday or Tuesday morning. It was, <laughs> Brisk. It was pretty chilly. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Fall is in the air. Yes, fall is in the air, finally. And we um, are we are officially in fall now, so. We are. Yes, that's yes, right. We are. Actually, it started 9.30 in the morning uh, on Tuesday, the 22nd. Okay. All right. Exactly 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> exactly? Really? Exactly? I, yeah. Oh. Well, that's nice. I sent out what? a text message to my family, um, you know, welcoming in uh, the, the, the fall, the autumnal equinox the at autumnal equinox. 935. I said, as of five minutes ago, we're now into fall. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Raise the flag. And it is a nice, it's a, it's a nice, t- September is really a, a, a pretty month because it's, it's, it doesn't get too cold. You know, there's a nice little crisp in the air and you can still enjoy the outdoors. Leaves are starting to change colors. Are you when you've been? You're not, probably not in your pool anymore, though, are you? No, we closed that uh, last week. Okay. Last weekend, yeah. I actually turned my air conditioning off one night and opened the windows. Didn't I? I couldn't believe it. No, <laughs> you <laughs> did. Too early. I think I'm getting old now. See, so like <laughs> you get old, you get a little older, you start to feel the chill in the air. Yeah. You put, kind of put the blanket on. So, oh. yeah, it's too early. <laughs> you, should, you, you usually don't do that till December. Right? No, I, that's right. <laughs> Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving. <laughs> around Thanksgiving. If I if I can get the fireplace going hot enough, I'll put the air on. Yeah. <laughs> well, winter. Thanksgiving because the oven's on. That's you right. Know, it yeah. warms the house up. That's you know, right. You got to keep got to keep the house. That. Offset that with the air conditioner. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. Will I need the air conditioning this mu- this week? Oh well, um, you yes. Everyone <laughs> 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 else. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, right right now, let's look at the temperatures out there. Ewing seventy five, Freehold seventy four, Hamilton right by the Atlantic City Airport seventy two, Hamilton where I am seventy five, Cape May down along the. Southern New Jersey Shore, 72. Beach Haven, 72. And Seaside, around 75 degrees. Well, tonight it's going to be mostly cloudy. And we're looking at the slight chance of some sprinkles starting early in the morning on Saturday. But overall, it's going to be a mostly cloudy night, low around 60 degrees. Saturday, well, it's going to be mostly cloudy, 40% chance of showers, high near 75. Saturday night. Slight chance of showers continues into the evening, mostly cloudy, low 63. Sunday, the best part of the weekend, partly sunny with a high near 80. Sunday night, slight chance of showers come back into the picture, mostly cloudy, low around 65. And then the first day of the work week, chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms on Monday, getting back into the summer weather, right? Yeah. Mostly cloudy with a high near 80. And just taking a sneak peek in the next week, looks like off and on chance of showers. Uh, temperatures ranging from 
looks like the upper 70s earlier in the week and then retreating back into the lower 70s as we move in towards the end of the week. So I'm not looking too bad no. for this uh, weekend, you know, half and half. So, you know, we'll take Sunday. If Sunday's going to be a nice Saturday's day, sure. going to be a yeah. little, little rainy maybe. All right. Well, we can, you know, we always use a little rain here and there. Mm, oh, we do. It's kind of dry. Cheryl said her flowers are wilting <laughs> last shriveling. week. Yeah. It could be from the cold weather, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take the rain during the week, not on the weekend, though. That's right. Right. Gotta, right. i got to figure out a way to do that. That's yeah. right. That's well, right. You keep working keep on that, Keep working Jim. on that. That's right. And You're doing great. Yeah, Jim. Thanks so much yeah. for, for all you do, and, and you and Jackie and your family have a great weekend, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week, then. Thanks. All, all right. Much. God bless weekend. you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. It's time to name that Catholic tune. Time to name that Catholic tune. Now, I want to know what Anna Maria thinks of these little jingles. I'm thinking <laughs> of the music and the components and the lively rhythm and the little xylophone he had in there. Hmm. And, I mean, like, know. just as far as style goes? You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> yeah, do that during just, Mass. Just <laughs> like, before you do your first hymn, you'd play that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to sing that entrance, Catholic tune. <laughs> it's time to sing that Catholic tune. Boom. Yeah, that'll go over well in my place. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, the marble will crack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, the game is this. Excuse me. This. Cheryl will um, give you some information about today's Catholic tune, uh, some background, some hints, and then play a little bit of it on the mighty Wurlitzer that we've wheeled into the studio. And then when you think you know what the Catholic tune is, give us a call at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, the numbers there on the bottom of the screen. All right. So if we want to talk about those elements that our, our guest touched on a little bit, how does it make you feel? The emotion in the music, very exuberant. It's very triumphant. It's very strong. If you want to look at the text, it's a great expression of praise, probably one of the strongest hymns of praise in our books today. And it's a good old traditional, you know, you say top 40 Catholic traditional hymns. This is on that list. It was written by a gentleman by the name of Joachim Neander. When I first saw the name, I, I, my brain kept going and I thought Neanderthal. And how interesting, this is just a side note, <laughs> there is a connection there. He's a Cro-Magnon yeah. man, isn't Well, it? listen to this. Uh, Joachim Neander grew up in an area near Dusseldorf in Germany. And you know, in Europe, that your family name would come from the town, like Manfredonia, the sure. fishing village. Right. Well, his uh, last name, Neander, came from the area which was called Neanderthal because there were remains of a very early, I think they said the third glacial period, which means nothing to me, but they found remains of an early Stone Age man in a cave. Oh. 
in Neanderthal. Hence, so they named like, it Neanderthal. Neanderthal movie, yeah. okay. So anyway, but he used to wander those caves, so it's kind of surprising he, he didn't find man. the bone. <laughs> he didn't find the bones, but he was too busy writing his music. He lived a very short life, our uh, composer, mm-hmm. 1650 to 1680, only 30 years. And he wrote over 60 hymns in a period of five short li- years while he was the head of a Latin school. This hymn paraphrases Psalm 103, all about goodness and mercy and salvation. It also pulls from the uh, Psalm of Praise, 150, praise, worship, adoration. Praise him with the organ and the harp and the lyre. So interestingly enough, he wrote the text and the tune. As we know, many of these older hymns, there were several people involved and he wanted it to remain intact just the way it is. These words with this melody, no variations. It it was never transplanted. They never took the text and used it with another melody. Mm -hmm. There was no mixing and matching here, okay? He chose this tune for this text, and it has remained so since. Okay. 1600s. All right, so Cheryl's going to walk over to the mighty Wurlitzer that we've wheeled into the studio here mm-hmm. uh, and play a little bit of this hymn, today's Catholic tune. The number to call when you think you know, know what it is is 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. And here's a sample of today's Catholic tune. Can you hear that? Yes. Okay, 609-493-8255. If you know the name of that Catholic tune, now's the time to call and win a fabulous prize. 609-493-8255. I mean, play it again. Play it again, again, Sam. Okay, but my name isn't Sam. I would think it would be an easy one. 609-493-8255. Okay, that's almost the whole thing. (laughs) All right, we got a caller. We have a contestant. Very nice. Uh, Hi, contestant. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, it's Marilyn again. I called about three weeks ago. Hi, Marilyn. We love you. I know this song, but I don't know the name of it. Oh, okay. Oh, Marilyn, Marilyn, that's oh, great. I know this song, but it is. My soul Marilyn. and salvation. Hey, Marilyn, yes. Marilyn, the name, oh, the, my soul. Marilyn, the, the name of the game show is Name That Catholic. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm sorry. No, we're no, just wait, having I'm fun with you. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Sweetie, yes, you, you even have you some of the text. Go ahead. Okay. So think, think, think again. So she started. Give her the first word. Praise. Oh, my soul. No. Uh, the first word is. The first word is Praise. praise to praise, praise to the Lord. Yay, Yay! Marilyn. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> ah, very good, Marilyn. Uh, uh, I just know the words, and I didn't, couldn't get the. 
the name absolute of title. Well, I know. That's all right. Well, sure. You're not, if you're not a music director, I mean, we have these titles <laughs> swimming around our brain all the time. And how often maybe, and even now, this is my fear. We're not doing a lot of singing of hymns. We might lose touch with, you know, some of these tried and true Catholic hymns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I can't wait for you guys to be back. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Marilyn. in the church. And I'm, I'm sorry, where are you calling from again, Marilyn? Where? Eatontown. Oh, Eatontown. That's right. Very good. So let me put you on hold just to make sure we have the information correct. Okay. You have one. Congra- I'm happy you called in and played, Marilyn. We really Great. enjoy having you call in. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. And friends, you stay where you are. There's going to be more to come in just a bit. And here's today's Catholic Tune. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Marilyn from Eatontown, our big winner today in Name That Catholic. And she did indeed name that Catholic tune. Oh, of course she did. I was just teasing her. I hope she, I hope she wasn't. <laughs> I apologize. I hope I didn't frighten her. Yeah, I apologize to Marilyn. I said, I Jim just, and I are punchy today. Yeah, I was just kidding around. Getting sick, but that was fun. That Thanks was for, fun. Thanks, Marilyn. Hope you call again. What another, what another yeah, big prize. She knows her Catholic tunes. That's right. Uh, so, yes, praise to the Lord. Now, I, I, I forgot about that. Do you remember that? that? Huh? We sing that a lot. Childhood, yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. There was a time... Well, I remember because my brother and I would be a lector and commentator at mass. You know, mm-hmm. we do the when we were in grammar school. 
because we both had, you know, we have these voices. <laughs> so they put us up there. Those scary I was voices. doing the readings in seventh grade for the 10, 15 masses. But, um, and there was just a, a few songs, a few hymns that we would sing. There was like, just not many to choose right. from. I mean. We had an organ and an organist and, and you sang. Right. You know, and that was and one of them. everybody sang. Holy, holy, holy and all these other. I was just going to say, holy God, we praise holy thy God, name. Holy God, we praise thy name. Oh, you know, oh, Lord, I am not worthy. Yes. There was just a, there weren't a lot of them. No, you and then, just rotate. And that was the late 60s and then came the implement, you know, to uh, the newer material. Uh, yeah, bring in the Vatican II changes and and guitar masses. And then we were singing Beatles songs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite Beatles songs. Not really. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. We'll take a I break. Guess, all right. And we'll come back. And next hour, we're going to be joined by our friend Father Jim Grogan, who will give the reflection for this Sunday's Gospel for the twenty-sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Also later on uh, next hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Paul Thigpen. Talk about his book, Saints Who Saw Hell. Or Lived Through 2020. Or Lived Through 2020. So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live. Now, those of you watching on YouTube and Facebook, we cut away there for a little bit, but back at 5 o'clock or top of the hour. So stay with us. We'll be back. Don't go away. Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. St. John Paul II stated that, for the disciple of Christ, evangelization is a duty, an obligation of love. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that evangelization is necessary for salvation. So we know we're called, but how do we do it? St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. To learn more, contact us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. term from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This universe of ours is a free universe. It is a universe of character-making, of soul-making. Almighty God is placed into our hands. Think of it, the power to make ourselves saints or devils. It is up to us. There are some laws that we cannot disobey, for example, the law of gravitation and certain biological laws like circulation of blood. But in a moral universe, we are free either to obey the laws of God or to disobey them, just as we are perfectly free, for example, to obey the laws of health or to disobey them. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hello? Hi, Mother. What's your name? My name's Becky. I'm from Wisconsin. I was away from the church for over 20 years. Ah. And through the grace of God, have come back now. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome home. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? Florida. Good. And what's your question? Well, I have this wonderful gift that God gave me, and that's my sister. Mornings with Mother Angelica. There's none better. Weekdays at 10, right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Friends, another hour of Friday Live on this September 25th, and we are happy you are here. Uh, coming up in just a few moments, we're going to uh, read Sunday's Gospel for the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and then our friend Father Jim Grogan will stop by and give us a reflection on that Gospel, and then later on, 
this hour, Dr. Paul Thigpen will join us to talk about his book, Saints Who Saw Hell. Very good. So let's start, I suppose, with our gospel for this Sunday, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? And they answered the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. This Sunday, the church throughout the world celebrates the World Day for Migrants and Refugees. When reviewing this momentous commemoration, I was somewhat surprised to see that this is the 106th World Day for Migrants and Refugees. For more than a century, the church has asked Catholics around the world to recognize the plight of migrants and refugees. In 1914, Pope St. Pius X recognize this plight of those emigrating from Italy throughout the world and the real risk that Catholics encountered in having their faith impacted and sometimes lost in the chaos of their new countries. Migrations and refugees have been a part of religious life for thousands of years. In the history of our country, there are few elements we should always keep in mind. When the pilgrims came to Plymouth Rock, They were refugees from religious persecution in Europe. They left behind all that was safe to seek out a new life, a free life, at great risk to themselves. A century ago, when the call for global prayer was started by the church, signs regularly indicated in business windows in these United States, Catholics need not apply. My grandparents were confronted by those signs and bravely persevered in building a future for their families, including laying the foundation of faith for me, their grandson. When my grandparents fled from Ireland, they did it in secret because their families did not want them to leave even though there was no future for them there. They left from low-level jobs, mailing a letter to their parents so they could not be talked out of leaving for America. Refugees and migrants today face the same risks. What would it take for you or I today to leave behind everything we own and in the dark of night to flee to a foreign land? How frightened must a parent be to risk everything to try and find freedom? Perhaps we need to consider the interior of the heart of St. Joseph who fled in the night to Egypt with Mary and the infant Jesus. How many fail to make it to freedom, to discover opportunities to be the best person God has planned for them? 
as we pray for migrants and refugees across the world this weekend. Let us never forget that each one, each and every person, is made perfectly in the image and likeness of God. With the reverence due every person because they are made in that image and likeness of God, let us continue to pray deeply for migrants and refugees, and especially for those priests and religious men and women who care for them. Our country has not only a rich tradition of welcoming and caring for refugees, but of saints who attended to their needs. Who will be the next St. Francis Cabrini, St. Catherine Drexel, St. Isaac Jogues, or St. John Newman? Who among our children will be encouraged to care for those struggling to begin a new life in our country? As we pray for the care of migrants and refugees across the globe this weekend, let us also pray for our own children, among whom we will hopefully find those called particularly by God to serve his people among the poor.
All righty, welcome back. Not quite the version of Holy God, We Praise Thy Name that I remember singing in... Uh, I know, well... Church, kind a of more bit of contemporary. A con- yeah, contemporary guitar. Mm-hmm. Used to be with the big organ the up, in the, up in the loft. mighty organ, pipes, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it's a stylistic thing, and maybe it was for a holy hour, evening prayer, or right. something with teens. Mm-hmm. Can be done. Uh, well, we do have I, have, I know you have something that you're at St. Magdalene's on October 1st. That's on our bulletin board. Did you put that on there? Right. I did. You need me to read it or you know all the, all the details? I do have the details. Okay, why don't you share that because I have one, another one beyond that. But share yours first. Yours is October 1st. This is October 11th. And I'll tell you how it, it grew out of these prayer cards that we're sending out, the beautiful prayer to um, pray for our country through the mm-hmm. intercession of our Blessed Mother. And we said, well, let's let's have a holy hour and use the prayer card and pray for our nation. And it just took on a life of its own. So at St. Magdalene's Parish on Mine Street in Flemington, it is October 1st, which is a Thursday. At 7 p.m., a holy hour, we'll have exposition. They pray the rosary. We have a patriotic hymn. There is a short homily. We pray this prayer for the um, upholding of our nation and, and all good things. They pray the rosary. So it's just, it's a lead holy hour. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually the exposition and final blessing. But it was well attended. We had one in September. A lot of people, they said, oh, I'm going to bring someone else. So come. The church is huge. Plenty of places to sit far apart if you're concerned about that. We even have a connecting chapel that they have opened and turned the pews. So plenty of places to sit. Okay. And that's I our, will be there October, October 1st, 1st 7 p.m. at St. Magdalene's. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we have another uh, announcement on our bulletin board, uh, which, by the way, friends, you can go to domesticchurchmedia.org and click on the bulletin board link. This is October 11th. Now, people are looking to do things. Now, yes. So the good people down at St. Peter's School in Point Pleasant Beach, mm. uh, they're going to have a uh, school gift auction. Oh. And now you're saying, well, how can they do that? Well, they say, this is a Sunday, it's going to be October 11th, from 8.30 to 3.30, take a Sunday stroll through the St. Peter's School gift auction in Point Pleasant Beach on the 11th. This is a socially distant walk, uh, socially distant walkthrough event held at the school gym. Adults only, over 18, and masks must be worn at all times. Doors will open at 8.30. Calling begins at 5 p.m. when there's an auction. I guess they auction stuff. Yes. Uh, and winners announced on Facebook Live at uh, on St. Peter. Uh, it says Easter. Oh, Easter Easter Monday gift auction. What is that? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> is this an old announcement? Well, no. It's a socially distant mask. Must be worn. Right. It can't oh, be old. That's right. It yeah. can't be from last year. Uh, prizes must be picked up by 9 p.m. the day of the event. Fabulous prizes include designer bags and shoes. Wow. Dyson vacuum cleaner, you would like that. <laughs> uh, ring doorbell, American Girl doll, oh. a vacation home. Ooh. I'm assuming it's just a week at the, at the home, not the whole house. <laughs> Forever. Right? You, you, win, you win a whole vacation home. Uh, mystery raffle uh, and birthday board. Now, admission is free. It says 50 and $100 value pack tickets. Have you ever done one of these auctions? That doesn't I make a lot of sense to me. I have not done anything like that. Credit but cards I'm... accepted. All proceeds will benefit the wonderful students at St. Peter's School in Point Pleasant Beach. Wow, very creative. So go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, 
Uh, click on the bulletin board link. This is October 11th. Just click on October 11th. This will come up. All the contact information, phone numbers, yeah. emails, and things is all. So you might all have there. some questions how it works. Right. I can just imagine, though, walking through the school and maybe in front of a classroom, there's a table with a prize thing. Right. And then the next one isn't until so many feet right. away. Right. So, so socially distant. Wear yeah. your mask. Very good. All right. So that's a good way to kind of adapt, mm-hmm. I suppose, right? Mm-hmm. Adapt to uh, the current situation. So that's that's good. Um, and talking about prayer, you know, we've been, we've been promoting this and... Um, the 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena is taking place right now. It began on August 15th. It's going to run through October 7th, the Feast of the Holy Rosary. Um, and you can find out all about it. It's the Fathers Blount, Father Jack Blount, and I'm sorry, Father uh, Father uh, Jim. Jim Blount and Father Tony Blount. Um, they have uh, promoted this, are promoting it, to stave off violence and impending civil unrest. Now, people are... You hear the threats out there, you know, yes. getting closer to the election. Of course, we've been seeing these things all summer long in various cities around the country. Mm-hmm. But people have been threatening, uh, depending on the election results, I mean, one way or another, people are threatening violence. The violence, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, we know that the enemy, the evil one, is behind all this. So we go to Our Lady, and here's a great way to do this. 54-day Rosary Miracle Novena. Go to the website, queenofpeacemedia.com. To find out about that. And then there's also a million rosary march uh, that's being um, conducted. And that's the website, millionrosarymarch.com. And you can pledge uh, to pray a rosary or rosaries during this time. Right now, they've had pledges of 1,383,500 rosaries being prayed. So um this is what it's going to take you know to, to right. kind of calm things down and, and 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 get right again on course where god wants this country to go so you got to pray that's mm-hmm. that's the key pray 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 and then um tomorrow night on this these stations and all of our audio platforms at five o'clock uh, through our affiliation with ewtn they're going to have a special two-hour special at five o'clock tomorrow night on the supreme court nomination oh. of course you know the two top Names in that Supreme Court nomination are two Catholic women. Yes. And people, again, are saying, sadly, uh, based on the last uh, Supreme Court uh, nomination hearing, that these two women who are or the woman who will be nominated, one of them, they're both Catholic, so whoever it is. But they're being uh, attacked because they're Catholic? Because they're Catholic. Right. So we have to pray for them. Just pray for them. Now, is this going to be radio only or No, tel- I believe television as well. Television so we'll simulcast uh, okay. on the radio side, 5 o'clock tomorrow. And then starting next Tuesday, the 29th, the Feast of the Archangels, mm-hmm. 9.30 at, uh, um, at night uh, from the 29th of September through October 7th, Every night at 9.30, where now the rosary is being prayed, the network is going to preempt the rosary at 9.30 and pray a special um, novena to Our Lady under the title of of the Immaculate Conception. So that'll be on at 9.30 on our stations. I'm going to also record it and replay it the next morning at 9 o'clock. So in case you can't get to the 9.30 nighttime uh, novena prayer, you can pray it. It'll be a day later, but it still counts. Mm-hmm. It still counts. Still <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's not going to say, oh, wait a minute, that was Monday's Novena. You can't pray that. <laughs> no, just pray it. So we're going to do that. Again, all these, and now think of the network, of course, EWTN, going worldwide, all these prayers being raised for our, for our country. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I still believe that we're going to see, and I don't know how it's going to manifest itself, we're going to see a, an extraordinary manifestation of divine intervention. That's, I really feel that. I feel that the, the, the people are going to be befuddled and perplexed because they won't know what's going on, and the hand of God is going to come down and straighten things out. That's what I think. From your mouth to God's ears, That's what I, I believe. Hope. I think all these prayers that are being prayed, we're going to see the manifestation of Almighty God, you know, and someone, my sister and I were talking, and, and you know, people say, you know, we've, the, the country has in so many ways over the past number of decades gone way off course. We've taken prayer out of the schools. Mm-hmm. We have legalized abortion through the ninth month, mm-hmm. all these things. And, you know, isn't, don't you think God's going to say, okay, I've had it with you guys, you know? But didn't Scripture teach us that even if there are five righteous people left, that he wouldn't destroy the city? That, so all these prayers being raised right now, I think are are and they're fervent prayers and and uh, showing to uh, as the people of God showing to the Lord that we need him and we want him to take this country over again. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what I, so we got to keep sending all these prayers up. So all yeah, these opportunities absolutely. through what we do here and, and uh, you know what else we're doing at St. Magdalene's mm-hmm. we're praying a novena to St. Michael the Archangel Good. leading up to the feast of the angels okay, on so September 29th. So being that's prayed every, now. Uh, yes, and if you do, some of you uh, I know listen and you're from the parish, and maybe you can't attend our 8 a.m. Mass, but it is streamed live, and it, it's at the beginning of Mass. You'll, you'll have the, the entrance, mm-hmm. Anaphon, and then right away the, the novena to St. Michael. Mm-hmm. So powerful stuff. That's right, and pray yeah. our prayer. You know, And again, those of you who have already ordered prayer cards, and maybe you're out of them, you've given them away, you've left them places— don't hesitate to write and tell us you, you need more. We'll, we're happy to send them out. Every week you see out there on the credenza, there's yes. stacks of envelopes. Stacks of mail. I want filled. to see the day when Jim says, we're all we're out. out. I ordered 5,000 of them. I know. So, so. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's meet his wish that we're going to send every single one of those 5,000 out. I will bring some to our um, October 1st event. Yes. And that, to me— Nights you know, of Columbus meetings, rosary was, altar meetings, you know, hand them out. It was just before or around the 4th of July, and I was in our chapel here praying, and I just felt, okay, that we need. To, the Lord was saying, you need to do this. So I didn't know what prayer to, to put on the card, and I just kind of did some searches on, online and found this prayer that we uh, was prayed in 1959 at the dedication of the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception back in uh, down in Washington, D.C., and so, I'm sure the word "pray for our president" have, was in there in 1959. Have, Who are we to change it and delete it? You know, <laughs> even if you don't like a person, you pray uh, for president them. or not, the Lord said, "Pray for your enemies." You know, mm. so why you wouldn't pray for the president? He's, he's the leader of the country. You know, and he needs prayer. He needs prayer he in that position. No My goodness, you know, and yeah. no matter right, no matter who it is, we, we were praying for Barack Obama when he was president. We we're praying for every president. Mm. Anyway. Um, so we, we'll send these prayer cards to you, again, raising up. And, you know, it's funny because when I saw the uh, press release from EWTN um, about praying this novena to the Immaculate Conception, for the same reason that we're praying this prayer, I, I think the Lord is the same, obviously the same Holy Spirit working in all of our hearts, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're going to Our Lady under that title because it is under that title that she's the patroness of our country. Right. And so we we really do that. And, and you know, again, the the— the assumption or the pr- prediction is that the election will not be settled on the night of election day, yeah. that it's going to linger on and through mail-in ballots and recounts and all this other stuff. And the Supreme Court may have to get involved. 
and you remember two, the year 2000? With the chads. Dangling chads down in Florida and George Bush and, and, and uh, yes. uh, what was his name? Al Gore. Um, we didn't know who won until, and you know when the Supreme Court decided who won? Was it December 8th? It was December 8th, the yeah. feast of the, or either that or the 12th. It was one of the, one oh, of the okay. feast days in December, either the Immaculate Conception or the 12th, Our Lady of Guadalupe, which I think it was Our Lady of Guadalupe. Because she, too, patronized of the Americas. Americas. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, mm. you know, again, give it to Blessed Mother. She, as, as our prayer prays, she takes our country, presents it to the Holy Trinity, and uh, we have nothing to worry about. But we have to pray, and we have to be fervent in that we prayer. We have to do it. And ask the Lord to, again, put this country, align this country with his will. Make, make this country compliant with his holy will in, in whatever way that is, and whoever he wants in the, in the offices that are being you know, elected. God's will be done. That's the most important thing. So we pray. And people are praying. You know, we have um, adoration. It's not 24-7, but it's almost and um, it's it's a small adoration chapel, and of course now with the social distancing, you, you might not want to sit right next to someone. There are times when we have so many people that they just come out and sit in the church to pray. I mean, Jesus is still there. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be you know in front of the monstrance, right. which is you know a very beautiful holy thing. But you can also be in the church in front of the tabernacle, right. Right. and um, there's people there all day, every day, mm-hmm. coming and going, praying. Yeah, yeah good. And they're still streaming. I know EWTN has a channel, and I know a lot of churches will have holy hours, and they will stream the monstrance. And I know people that work crazy hours. They work in the hospitals, and they have their phone there at their desk with the monstrance, Mm -hmm. you know, so they can adore. Yeah. People are praying. A lot of prayers going up. Mm -hmm. And you'll see. I mark my word. There's going to be a a manifestation like we've never seen before of of divine intervention in all this. And uh, I think it'll put a lot of people in the the right place, you know. Don't be afraid. Well, Don't, we have to do stick not fear. together. Do not be afraid. Just let God do what God does. And watch what happens. And we'll be here, God willing, through it all. And uh, and hopefully with no more prayer cards left. That's right. So let's predict the day when Jim says we're all out. We've mailed 5,000 cards. That's right. All right. Well, why don't we uh, take a little musical interlude here, and then we will return uh, with Dr. Paul Thigpen. And he'll talk about his book, Saints Who Saw Hell. So we're going to go to For All the Saints. I thought that would be appropriate. Another tried and true, just traditional, strong, empowering hymn. One of my favorites. For All the Saints, before we hear about how many of them saw hell. All right. Be right back.
righty, welcome back, friends. And, uh, well, gnawing worms, unquenchable fire, utter darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth with these fearful words, our Lord warns sternly that hell is real and that we ourselves could end up there. And since ancient times, Catholic saints and other visionaries have reported viewing horrific scenes of eternal punishment. And in his new book, Paul Thigpen, Saints Who Saw Hell, tells us some of those stories and other information Paul, welcome to the program. Great to be here, Jim. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you. It's always a joy to have you here because, as I was sharing with Cheryl off uh, Mike before, I said, you know, you always have such very, very astute insight into this this horrible spiritual warfare that we're in. And, you know, we've talked before and we've shared many of your books, your spiritual warfare uh, Bible and other. And, and this is a very, it's an important topic because, uh, hell hasn't gone away. Hell is is real, and uh, people may go there, right? It is, and uh, you know, hell, though hell hasn't gone away, the awareness of it for a lot of folks has. Uh, they think of it as, you know, superstition or just metaphorical language or that kind of thing. So that's really one of the reasons for um, for writing the book. It was uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth who once said that. Um, People have lost, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but people have lost kind of the sense that hell is real and that they may go there. So I think it's it's past time to talk about it some. Mm-hmm. So let's let's let, first of all, the, the Church's definition of hell. And I know uh, St. Pope John Paul II, back in 1999, there were three consecutive uh, general audiences where he taught each week. Once uh, One week was about heaven, one was about purgatory, one was about hell. And he, I remember the, the press went wild because he said it's not a physical place, it's a state of being. And of course, the headline was, Pope says hell is not a place. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, they jumped all over that. But it is a state of being, and, and people may go there. The Church has never taught anyone by name is there, but that it is a very real possibility that people may go there. Well, one of the things uh, you know, I discovered in my research in this book is that the Church doesn't, you know, definitively teach about a particular person, though you could make the argument that Scripture sure seems to come pretty close to that uh, with regard to Judas. Mm-hmm. He's called the son of, of damnation, you know, for instance. Right. Um, and that if it would be better if he had never been born, mm-hmm. which you, I don't think you would, you know, you would say of someone who was going to eventually end up in heaven. Mm-hmm. But um, in addition to that, that you have some people like Pope St. Gregory the Great, you know, doctor of the Church, father of the Church, who reports visions of individuals in hell and then uh, people who die, someone has a vision. Um, anyway, he, he reports it without any problem, apparently, that, that he seems to believe that by private revelation, sometimes God does show us. Now, that's different from public revelation. Mm-hmm. So as you said, the Church hasn't you know, defined particular people, but, but it sure seems uh, for him and for other saints that it's, uh, it's sometimes by God, God by private revelation just, just might do that. Mm-hmm. Now, in the in the book, and again, we're talking with Paul Thigpen. The book is called "Saints Who Saw Hell and Other Catholic Witnesses to the Fate of the Dam," published by Tan Books, by the way, TanBooks.com. In your research and in preparing for and writing the book, Paul, uh, did you find out uh, information or or particular saints that you weren't aware of who actually saw these visions of hell, or anything in particular that really struck you as 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 more frightening than you ever could have imagined? <laughs> well, yeah, some of the golly, some of the visions, yeah, are, are pretty terrifying. I, uh, I found an interesting. Well, I just mentioned Pope Saint Gregory. He he reports six visions by other people, and 
And uh, that's kind of a surprise, you know, when you think about the kinds of things he usually focused on. He was trying to hold the whole Rome together during a time of, of great uh, disaster. And he, um, you know, was involved in, in chant, liturgical music and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then uh, he reported these things as, as very important. Um, St. Saint, Saint Bede, who is sometimes called Bede the Venerable, uh, English saint, uh, from not long after that, how he usually is focused so much on scripture and history. He's known as the father of English history. To see him reporting, you know, similar kinds of things. Uh, St. Alphonsus Liguori, you know, you think of him in uh, in ways. It's just often it was just a saint that we all know for certain things, but then come to find out that they had, you know, had these other concerns as well. The same thing happened when I was doing um, Saints Who Battle Satan, that everyone has a kind of a notion of St. Francis of Assisi, kind of this, you know, sweet, loving, and he was, um, you know, the, the flower children of the 60s adopted him, but didn't didn't find out, you know, until I did my research that he had a lot of spiritual battles with the devil and was very, very clear about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All those, um, all of those, there are some ancient writings attributed to saints, uh, probably not by those saints, but it, I felt it was important to kind of round out the book with people, that's why I have this the subheading and other Catholic witnesses made of the dam. There were so many interesting things, uh, some of which actually had influence on on later uh, thinking about hell. That it was uh, important to include uh, from first of all from pretty much every period, and second uh, visions that are kind of attributed to saints and other Catholic visionaries, even someone like Dante with legendary literary visions. So mm-hmm. the voyage of Saint Brendan. Those who know his story, uh, think it's he's mostly just out on a boat with his monks looking. Uh, from island to island, but they, in that that I would consider a legendary vision, it's very interesting, the island they have that they encounter that's at the gates of hell. Mm. Okay, St. Brendan the Navigator he's known as. In fact, we have a parish here in our listing area mm-hmm. uh, by mm-hmm. that name. Would you find, now I did not uh, read the book yet, were there similarities, that like a, any kind of running thread that each um, doctor of the church or, you know, more contemporaries... Was there any sort of running similarity between their visions? Yes, you know, and, and the ones that we already find in Scripture in that um, that references, as Jim started out with, of different kinds of torments. Uh, but but more importantly, I think that in all of them, it's very clear that, as uh, I think as the Catechism says when it talks about hell, that it's the state of definitive self-exclusion. From the from an eternity with God, they they emphasize that again and again that it was something chosen, ultimately, and that the that's that's one thing. And then kind of coming out of that is the the reality that what's going on inside the heart in the sense of regret is the most terrible torment of all. Mm-hmm. That you can be you know boiling in oil oil or, or the equivalent of you know what that would be like at, at a spiritual level. And yet the most horrible thing is what's going on inside, that you realize you chose this. You realize that there's no remedy, there's no hope, like in Dante's Inferno, his vision of hell. Mm-hmm. The gates of hell have a sign that say, enter here, all ye, or abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that they've chosen it, that they have no more, that they're totally despair. They could have done otherwise. Um, and they're surrounded by other people with the same kind of horror mm-hmm. going on inside. You know, as I read through some of these um, 
passages you put in here and, and examples you, you you share with us in the book, <clears throat> and I, I think of, you know, this, I guess this is always a struggle we have, and we try to, to, to rationalize hell with an all-merciful God, but it's not God who sends the soul there, it's the soul, him or herself, who chooses to go there. The, the choices we make, yeah. It is, and you know, our, you know, our modern, because we've lost not just our sense of hell and our modern culture, but the sense of sin, that makes it harder for people to accept that because they say, oh, sin's not so bad. <clears throat> this this notion of mortal sin, that's not so bad. You could do that. That could actually keep you away from God forever. Um, the the light, more lightly we treat the sense of sin, the more lightly we will think of hell. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say the scary thing for me, and which is we happened to have this conversation last night. We had a, a church meeting, and we really got off the track. But the next thing you know, we were talking about the— um, the younger people and and even some older people that have left the faith and will outright admit, oh, I don't believe any of that stuff anymore. Like, and they were Catholic and and maybe received all their sacraments, um, whether or not they they fled the faith, you know, when they were away at college and fell off the bus or what happened to them. But it's how can we impress upon these people? Look, this is real. And, and, and hell is a very real possibility. Well, yeah, and not necessarily that they're doing all kinds of wacky stuff, but the fact that they just don't believe anything. It's like, what can we do other than say, well, I'm going to pray for you, but I believe in this, and, and I'm going to pray for you because I, I think you need to know You need to that give them this book is what you need to do. That, okay, maybe that's the answer. To, thank you for the book. Yeah. That's, that's, start passing them out. That's what you got to do. It. Give All them this right, book, then. and they'll scare the hell out of them. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but that is not, not a laughing matter, obviously, but it is it is something, I think, uh, Paul, that is so necessary. And we've talked about this in, in even in your other works on spiritual battle and spiritual warfare that this is a very real thing that that is happening spiritually and that there is an ultimate end to this life and we're going to be one of two places in the end and hell is a very real place just as real as heaven is and and there is possibility that we could go there if we so choose um and you were writing and again we're talking with paul thigpen uh, saints who saw hell published by tan books tanbooks.com uh, in your writing, uh, Paul, do you feel that that's 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 a good purpose for this book? Is that there may be people who question, who doubt, who don't believe to say, "Let me just show you." These are some some very holy people who had these visions. Well, that and also the reason I started out with kind of a you know, introductory section is that some people, you know, it's just like with the gospel in general, some people are going to be more convinced. It's going to weigh more heavily with them to hear these kind of testimonies. Other people need something a little more cerebral, like, okay, show me the logic of this mm-hmm. uh, what if, and the illogic of what I believe. And so that's why the whole first section, I have an introduction, hell matters, and remember the end of your life. What do we do? make of these visions, glimpses of hell in Scripture for those who may not realize just how important it is in Scripture. If you, if you write this off, you're writing off Scripture, basically. Mm-hmm. But to, to help them understand and, and to relieve them of the um, of the misperception that, uh, the, especially the one we've talked about, that this kind of it's, it's a superstition that this mean, nasty God, if you don't jump through all the hoops, he's going to send you eternal fire. Mm-hmm. To help them understand what you know, the hell is, it's you've decided that something's more important to you than God, mm-hmm. and and you'll you'll in in the end, to see as Lewis once said, a Christian writer that 
Um, we may pray in, in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done, but in the end, to those who say, I reject you, I don't want you, to God by their life, in the end he says, okay, thy will be done. I'll, mm. I'll let you have what, you, what you've asked for. Right. Mm. And, that, and there's a, there's a, a, a beautiful passage. Again, it's, it's private revelation, but the Church accepts it as worthy of belief in, in Faustina's diary, where she relays the revelation to her of the despairing soul with the all-merciful God. And, and that's, that's exactly what happens is God will he the last thing God wants for any of his children is to be eternally uh, damned into, yeah. um so he <laughs> offers the mercy but if the soul rejects the mercy you know what can God do he's going to he's going to let the soul he's going to not impose his will on the soul and let the soul decide this is where you want to be and um I think it's 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 an excellent work Paul as always and we encourage our listeners again to to uh Check it out. Paul Thigpen has been our guest. Saints Who Saw Hell and Other Catholic Witnesses to the uh, Fate of the Damned. It's published by Tan Books, tanbooks.com, uh, and very interesting read. And, and Paul, again, as always, we thank you for sharing your time and, and sharing your talent and your gifts in this very special book. Thank you both, Tim and Cheryl, for the invitation. God bless you and all your listeners. God bless yes. you. We'll look forward to the next thing. Don't don't hesitate to let us know. We'll have yes. you on, we'll have you on next time. Stay in touch. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. And friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more Friday Live in just a bit. My family left the church because of a a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches and there were great Catholic churches and great priests. But we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was was cheated out a big part of my journey and my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now, is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Connecting a lifetime of dots. That's my path to answering the Lord's call at baptism to be missionary. In elementary school, there were visits from missionaries who inspired me. In high school, I was president of the Mission Club, and as a seminarian, I served the summer in the missions of Peru. And now, here I am as national director of the Pontifical Mission Societies. Mark the moments of your own connection to missionary work. Discover how you've made a world of difference. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, Visit our website at onefamilyinmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. All right. There we go. You know, on my drive here today from Mm -hmm. my other place. Did you drive through hell? No, no. (laughs) But um, I saw, well, what made me think of it was just these leaves that were flaming red and orange you know just the connection it's it's a long week and it's a long friday but um 
Although, the you know, brilliant this, colors of fall yeah, are starting already. Look, if you look at the tops of the trees. Yeah. And I know here at the station, because we're on 22 acres of property, we have to be because of the towers, mm. but we're surrounded by woods. Mm. And this t- more so in, in early October, mid-October, when the sun gets a little lower and the leaves are at their peak, it's it's just a brilliance. Yes. You, I walk out, I leave the building in the evening, and just the, the sun is setting and just reflecting off the leaves, the all these different colors. Oh, it's, it's just a brilliance. Just gorgeous. And uh, But, you know, I, I remember one time I was on the air many, many years ago at in the Camden station, so that's how long ago. Mm-hmm. This, is my, this is my 25th year of doing this, you know. But I was reflecting on that, and I was saying how that is that the leaves are their most brilliant when they're dying. Yes. In death, mm-hmm. because there's a transition. And so it will be with our soul, unless you go, you know, choose to go. Unless to you go the yeah, other yeah. way. But really, when you pray the most, I mean, we're in our older years for m- many cases. <laughs> and um, we, you know, you have more time to pray. You're not working. Maybe you're retired. You get to go to daily mass. I mean, we also peak like the leaves in brilliance and in, in holiness and being close we to hope. God. We Yes, <laughs> we if we're on the right path. Yeah. Uh. Although, you know what? We missed Grandparents' Day. You know when Grandparents' Day was this year? Your birthday. It was September 13th. Yeah. Did oh. you know that? <gasps> no, I did not. And then not. we saw the grandchildren that day. Yes. Or the day before. Well, the day before, close enough. And today, I think, is National Daughters' Day. I don't know. Wh- I guess it's Hallmark that comes up with these things. But oh, I'm don't not watch seeing... Hallmark anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I don't see the ads. I don't see the commercials. I no. don't know how people... Well, there's maybe... a day. Every day is a different day. The day for something. Pizza day. Or, yeah, like yeah. a nationalist sausage day or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they have all kinds of stuff. Lollipop day. But I better send Angela a text. <clears throat> So, so you it's don't national. Know. We should have had to bring your daughter to work day. We could have brought her here. That's right. That's right. And I just got to visit her yesterday. There must be we, a national cat day that you could celebrate I'm that sure. I would go away for. It's probably a whole week dedicated to cats. No, I, I'm sure so. of it. Bad Maybe cat. even a month. Maybe a Bad month. Bad cat. <laughs> Bad cat. My little kitten oh. just lost one of her lives. You know, they have nine. Yeah, but so she, she has, eight, has eight, eight left now. She had a close call frolicking about on the front lawn and decided to jaunt across the at street. At night. Which and it's a black did. cat. And it's a black cat. This car stopped short. Oh, I thought that was it. Mm. Got to keep her inside. Well, I, yeah, I know. I, I said that, that you let a cat out, that's the danger. Yeah, it's the gamble you take. You know. Or the backyard where it's all fenced in. Yeah, but they can that's still okay. get through that fence. Yeah. There's all little openings where it can They go can off. flatten themselves. But it's just, it's been so beautiful, the fresh air. And I'll sit out there, too, but it only takes a Yeah, second. we're like the neighborhood uh, greeters. We sit on our front porch rock at, in the evening and <laughs> rock on our rockers. And there's like a parade of people coming. We have, how you doing? Hello. How, howdy. Howdy do. You know, <laughs> they wait, come but, by to say hi to the old folks. That's right. We're like the, we're like the oldsters in the neighborhood now. The young people walking their babies, and we're just sitting there on the porch in our rocking chairs. Grandma and grandpa. They're riding bikes. And we, in fact, my sister was telling me yesterday, too, that they, because they go for walks in their neighborhood now. Mm-hmm. And, they said they've, they've, they've met more of their neighbors over the yeah. past few months than they oh, had in the 30 years they lived there. That's true. Because people, and now, do you think, because we, we weren't sitting outside on our rocking chairs until recently, but do right. you think people were still walking outside? Or well, that's a question. More? You know, like if a tree falls in the woods, do you right. hear if people, it? If your neighbors are walking, uh, taking walks at night, do you see them? Yeah. <laughs> if you're not there. <laughs> I mean, this We better discuss this over dinner. This is getting deep. I, well... 
No, but I'm thinking that we didn't, and then yet we're sitting out there now. Yeah, and I've said that. I said, boy, I never saw them, like, walking. Or did you ever see so many bikes in the neighborhood? We never sat on our porch <laughs> no. before. <laughs> well, we decided earlier this year, in the spring, let's get a couple of rockers and mm-hmm. just spend our time in the evening sitting out. Get away from the television. Just Let's just sit out on the front porch right. and watch the people go Whereas by. Whereas we used to do the back patio, and that's pretty, too. I like the back patio. I watch the yeah. sunset back there. Yeah. Behind the house that's behind us. Not like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like over. Or a field or a lake right. or anything. Just setting over the house that's behind us in our neighborhood. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we kind of shifted. Now we're out, out, out in the front. But I think a lot of people have done that. Like, how can we make a, a nice Well, do you remember that time I was out? Many, many, we had just started, I think I just started working at the other radio station up in Doylestown. And it was an evening, and I was out front for something, either picking up, you know, twigs or something off the lawn, and someone came by and threw an egg at me. Remember that? No. Somebody drove by and threw, threw an egg at me. <laughs> Did they know you? Like were a random egg throwing. I was just out of the front lawn, <laughs> and it wasn't. And like, I'm thinking, is it is it a, a disgruntled Catholic radio listener? There he is, hit him with an egg. Yeah, but how would he know where you live? Oh, and it know. wasn't. Um, what is it? Halloween Eve or whatever, no? No, like it wasn't mischief night. night. It was, and it was light out. It wasn't like it was dark. Somebody just threw somebody, it. and it was. I, I think it was hard boiled because it didn't break. <laughs> someone, well, that's someone, better because the others so messy. Someone threw an egg at me. I can't believe it. Anyone? I was would. mortified. Yeah. Don't throw an egg at me. Those young whippersnappers. <laughs> have you, you? I guess you've never had an egg thrown at you, then. I have never had an egg thrown at me. Although it was mischief night, and I was about to throw an egg at these neighbors that we didn't like. <laughs> All oh. the truth comes out, mm-hmm. and they pushed aside the curtains, and there I was in the throw position, and there was her face Ooh. looking right at me. Boy, I never ran so fast in my life. Well, one time, I'll tell, I'll tell this, this is my sister, my youngest, Diane, my youngest sister, one night, it was uh, fall, it wasn't mischief night, but we, we had gone up to the local tavern to have a couple of beers together. <laughs> we were grown, actually, we were grown up, we weren't like kids. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say how old And we were driving down the neighborhood, and the, the neighbor that lived next door to us, we were still living at our parents' house, was a mean lady, and she would like if you stepped on her lawn, she'd yell, you know, get off my lawn. And she was, well, we were driving down the the block, and somebody had two bags of leaves that they put out to the curbs. We said, let's take the, oh no. <laughs> so we did. We took the leaves and we threw them all over her lawn. This was dark, obviously. It was dark, and we were like in our twenties. <laughs> uh, a harmless prank. And then Claire and I one time toilet toilet papered the neighbor across the street. Now, did you see her the next day raking? I don't remember. I don't remember, but anyway, well, things that we was do when we're younger. I just, okay. yeah, I think, I think I did confess that actually. Yeah. I threw leaves on my neighbor's lawn, but she was a mean lady. She was mean. If you step on, that up in the cat get off my lawn. Yeah. She was. Uh, I bet you can all think of a neighbor when you were a kid. We had one. People probably said that about me. Yeah. <laughs> there was this guy. <laughs> that mean guy next door. Um, I was living at home with my parents, and we were children, and my brothers. If the if they're playing ball and the ball would go into the neighbor's mm-hmm. yard, they wouldn't. They wouldn't throw it back. Yeah, yeah. they would keep it. They were very, you know. They were they, mean. Yeah. Mean neighbors. Yeah, they were yeah. pretty tough. Yeah. And those were the days where you didn't have the fences and all the. No, right, now you right. you can't even. The ball won't go in the neighbor's yard. No, they're like, not playing ball anymore. They're not, no, they're, that's true. they're not doing. Nobody's out. They're inside with the little Game Boys or whatever they yeah. call them. Well, enough reminiscing. It's getting time to go, so we're going to head on out of here. And uh, We wish you a blessed weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend, and I'll be back on Tuesday, God willing, the Feast of the Archangels. <gasps> Tuesday already, end of September. And the first debate. First president, 
The dates of the debates this year are the 29th, Feast of the Archangels, October 7th for the pre Vice President's Holy Rosary, 15th of October, St. Teresa of Avila, and October 22nd, John Paul II. Well Those then. are all the debate dates. So right now, you're calling and asking for these that's cards. Right. I hear it. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. So Monday night, EWTN at 7. At 9.30. 9.30. For the... Um, Novena. No, I'm thinking of the other one with the with the woman. Tomorrow night, to 5 o'clock. Oh, okay. Saturday at 5 o'clock. Okay, we're going to go. Have a great rest of your day and a beautiful weekend. God bless you. Bye-bye.